Right, we, we're very pleased to have Matt Eger here um, this morning. And I thought, uh, as probably most of you either have never met him or it's been so long they've forgotten what he looks like, that we'd have him out for a little interview. If you'd like to come, um, Matt, and you can use the, the main mic. If you are whatever's comfortable. Okay, so this is Matt Eger. And is it, s <laughs> what are you, the director, CEO, or what, of CYO? Let's say director. It just director. means I answer more emails, but yeah. Yeah, director. <laughs> okay, Sounds the man good. in charge. Okay, so Matt, I just wondered um, where you grew up, where you were born, how you came to, to presumably live in Braintree, yeah? I'm from Milton Keynes originally, in Bletchley. And my, my grandfather, um, he worked for, um, he was a Morse code operator in the Second World War, then he did radio things, we don't quite know what he did. And he was in Winchester, then he was posted to Bletchley Park, and this was before Bletchley Park became a museum, <laughs> and people didn't know what was going on. Dad met mum, so then my granddad was posted to GCHQ, but my dad stayed in Bletchley, that's how I ended up in Bletchley. And then I toured the country for a year with Riding Lights, uh, who oh. are a Christian theatre company, and part of the tour <coughs> is we came to sunny Braintree in 99. And around that time, I was really feeling God's call on my life to work, particularly in schools, which is what I enjoy doing. And the rest is history. Okay, thank you. And at what stage in your life, then, did you actually become a Christian? Someone challenged me about, I don't know, 25 years ago or so, and said, there must have been a date you became a Christian. There really isn't a date, I can say, that was, I was suddenly a drug dealer and then I became a Christian. That didn't happen, but I can say there were significant turning points in my life and I can absolutely remember the first time I was filled with the Holy Spirit and that was on a, a youth weekend away and I was just about to start my second year of college, so I was 16 turning 17. So I've grown up in a, in a Christian family. Mum and Dad have gone to the same church in Bletchley all their lives and most of my family over the years have filled up the graveyard and mum's been christened and uh, confirmed and married and she'll be buried there and that's our family church. Um, so grew up in a Christian family, but in terms of me personally, faith, yeah, I think that was the turning point for me. And you have a family now? Yep, so we've got wonderful Vicky, who um, is my long-suffering wife, and we have Kate, who's 18, Emily, who's 16, and Jack, who's 14. Oh, right. Teenagers, eh? You well, meant to say I don't look old enough. No, uh, well, I was going to say that. Thanks, Carol. That's good. <laughs> I mean, I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you smoothed it. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, and then, right, so you're the director of CYO. Yep. Um, were you there right from the beginning of CYO? Did no, you it, see was its birthing it started or? in 96, coming out of CYO, who are in Colchester, similar organisation, and guys from Braintree saw what Colchester were doing and thought, we'll nick that because that looks like a fantastic idea for the schools over here. So we were set up with their help in 96 and I joined in 99 as the first full-time worker. But we've had primary school workers since 98 who are still here with us and we have gained more uh, over the years. Yeah, you've got quite a big team now, haven't we you? Have. And you, you come all around this area, don't you? Yeah, we come to Headingham and, and Ramsey and then we also, I say we, um, we, uh, visit most of the primary schools in the area as well. So you have St. Peter's and uh, Richard de Clare and um, Holy Family. We've got all, all the, the primary schools in the Headingham and Halstead areas pretty much. And then over to um, Toppersfield, Maplestead. So yeah, 
We do the rounds, as they say. So do the children recognise? Well, no, you may not be won't Matt. Won't recognise this, this ugly mug, but you'll probably recognise Delena from, from primary school, if you go to a primary school nearby. You're at Toppersfield. Wonderful, They're excellent. Those ones, yeah. Did I hear that you're in year six now? So you're going to see me, sorry, you've got to see my face again, um, around Easter time next year, because I go with Delena to see all of the year six leavers to say hello and getting ready for me in secondary school. Ah, so transition. All of a lot. And, and Molly and um, Tom and, and um, Daniel go to Devere. Wonderful. <coughs> when will they see you? Uh, oh, they're not in... You're, in are you, you're the same year, aren't you? So Molly's in year six as Excellent. well. Excellent. Wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah, with Delena. Delena, yeah, works in all the primary that's, schools that's in the area. For those who don't know, that's Justin, the, the vicar at um, Yeldham, his wife, Delena, from America. Okay, thanks, Matt. Well, your, your turn will come in a little bit then. We're going to pray for the children We're now. Done, we? We're done for the moment, yeah. Let you off any more embarrassing moments. This is the first one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Take to heart these words that I give you today. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home or away, and when you lie down or get up. And this reading is taken from Matthew 19, verses 13 to 15. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Thank you, Carol. I'll say good morning again. Good morning. good morning. Thank you very much for having me. And hopefully this will work. Thank you so much for setting things up. Wonderful. There we go. Okay, so, well, you know quite a bit about me because it's been an episode of This Is Your Life with the interview. Thank you very much. So I won't bore you with all the details again, um, but I go to Cornerstone Church, which was Notley Baptist Fellowship way back in the day uh, over in Black Notley. So that's, um, that's where my church family is. CYO isn't run by Notley Baptist or Cornerstone, um, but it's nice to share where, where, where other people worship. So Cornerstone send their love to you, and, uh, and I'm sure you'll allow me to, to return yours to them when I see them later. So, when it comes to CYO, you already know a bit of the history already, but for us, if you want it in a nutshell, our job is to give young people the chance to choose. Or another way of looking at it is, we like to communicate the relevance of Christianity to the young people in this area. My wife reminds me often that I have many weaknesses, but one I particularly have is that I talk really quickly, and this is probably from working in schools for so many years, being surrounded by teenagers who talk like runaway trains. I found myself talking just as fast. So if I do talk really fast, can you just glare at me in Christian love and I'll remember to, to slow down. Thank you. 
When it comes to the work, golly, I could talk for ages about all the things we get up to, but I'll give you a, a bit of a taste this morning because I'm sure you've got chickens in the oven and things like that as well. And I can explain a little bit about what, it, what we get up to. So we have wonderful Hillary working from left to right, Olive, Sheena, myself, Katie and Delena, who we spoke about a short while ago, and each of us work in different areas. So Hilary, right on the left, she is our mentor. She joined us in January this year, and she works in the secondary schools of Braintree delivering mentoring. I'll explain more about that in a moment. Same as well for Olive, who has been here since 1998. Sheena also has been here since 98, and it could well be that many of you knew, know Olive and Sheena from years back. So they used to... Sheena was here. So... Olive and Sheena were the double act uh, in the primary schools in the Braintree area. Sheena still does that, but Olive, as I say, is in the secondary schools. Katie joined us this time last year, and she is Sheena's right-hand woman. So she works in the primary schools with her, delivering projects and a whole bunch of different things. And then wonderful Delena wears two hats, because she, not only does she do the mentoring in Headingham and at Ramsey, she also does a whole bunch of the primary school work in the areas that I described earlier on. So between us, we do rack up the miles and we spend hours in the schools in a particular week, which is wonderful. So here are all the different things we do. I won't explain each of them. Most of them are self-explanatory, like assemblies and lessons and lunch clubs. But a few of the, of the other things you can see I'd just like to pick out a few of them in a moment and explain what they are. If you'd like to know more, you can jump on our website or you can grab me for a coffee and I will bore you to tears with, with all the other things we get up to as a charity. So the big step, I spoke briefly about it earlier on with the young lady who's, who's in year six. So I go with Sheena, Katie and Delena into the primary schools towards the end of year six, their last year of primary. Introduce myself, so there's a bit of continuity from primary to secondary. We also give them this wonderful book made by Scripture Union, which is basically preparing them for the big step, but with a Christian undertone through it as well. At this point, because I may well forget to say it, it's important to say that as a Christian charity, we are open about being Christians, but we don't ram the Bible down throats. If we did, if we became Billy Grahams, while that has its place outside of a school, inside of a school, we wouldn't be here now <laughs> if we were to do that. So God gives us tact and the school know we don't take the mick. So as a result, we have wonderful relationships with all the schools we work in, because we don't take advantage of having sometimes 300 kids in front of us. And also, it's respectful, I think. We are a Christian country, but we're also a Muslim country and a Buddhist country, and there's one or two Jedis around as well. So if we were to go in, regardless of what we know and believe, if we were to go into a school and say, God is real, that's actually quite disrespectful if we think about it. I know that to be true. So we need to be careful about how we say it, because it's right to be careful. But what we'll say is, folks, the Bible says God is real. <laughs> the Bible says God loves you more than anything. In fact, you know how much he loves you. The Bible says he loves you so much that he came to earth to see how difficult it is for us to be human beings. And then he gave his life for us so that we have a get-out plan when things go wrong. In fact, it goes even further than that, kids. We believe that if we give our lives to God and we believe all this in the Bible 
and we decide to give our lives and live a life that God likes, then actually we're going to spend eternity in heaven with God someday. So that's kind of how we will word it to kids where we're saying, hey, this is our belief. We're not ramming it down your throats, but, but this is what it means to us. I hope that makes sense, but also hopefully clears some things up as well. So there we go. The student mentoring is a bit different. So most of the kids will know that we're Christians because they see us in assemblies and lessons and everything else. But with mentoring, they are one-to-one sessions, and we have said to the school before they brought it up that we're not going to preach to the kids. We're not going to mention Christianity to the kids. We are there to listen to them. Olive calls it giving young people a good listening to, and that's the point. The mentoring is about them, not about us. So when we go into these sessions, usually for anywhere between 15 minutes and half an hour every week, we're seeing kids who the schools have chosen for us to see who are facing different uh, or various issues in life. We might be seeing some who have experienced loss, either through bereavement or mum or dad walking out. It might be that they are really struggling with their schoolwork. It might be they are a pain in the neck and the school don't know what else to do with them. It might be that there are significant illnesses at home. Um, Of late, I have uh, worked through two bereavement sessions with a couple of students. I've also got one lad whose dad lost his sight to COVID back in 2020, um, and that's an ongoing uh, thing as well. Uh, We see an awful lot of young people who are struggling with self-esteem. We see a number of students who are self-harming and have attempted suicide, and there are various uh, policies and procedures in place for them. So I don't mean to give the shock factor, but it's just to try and illustrate to you, we're not just sitting down with kids with a bunch of Lego building a house for 15 minutes. We, we, we actually are spending a significant amount of time with some very precious young people, and for some who have very significant things going on. Um, in terms of safeguarding and training and all the rest of it, the school work closely with us to make sure we're on point. And actually, a lot of the time, we receive safeguarding concerns from these kids that the schools aren't even aware of because they haven't had um, that exposure to a conversation. So we're able to uh, signpost to the schools things that are going on. And and dare I say, we've been able to intervene in areas which haven't been particularly pleasant at home. So that's mentoring in a nutshell. As I'm sure you can understand then, that's not the time for us to say, well, Jesus spoke about this. That's not the time to do that. However, if the young people come to us and say, Matt, Delena, what would you do in this situation? Then brilliant, they've invited us to talk about how we would do it as Christians. And usually I would start off by saying, well, you know I'm a Christian (laughs) and I pray all the time. That's one thing I would do. And you know what? The Bible says dot, 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 dot. So we we can um, use the opportunity, but we don't take advantage. I think that's right, don't you? I think so. Jesus Live, I'm going to whiz through now. Jesus Live is one of many projects we've had over the years, so we don't own this, we buy this in. Jesus Live used to be in a massive interactive trailer, and I think I spoke about this before. It was at Headingham not that long ago. A great big 40-foot trailer that was on the back of an Eddie Stobart lorry, and it would go from school to school over a period of six weeks. It hydraulically doubled in width, it opened up, loads of computers inside, and the kids got to explore the life of Jesus um, through various issues. Well, now that the trailers have fallen to pieces and they were costing a lot of money, so now it's interactive. All of those screens are iPads, tablets, 
and the kids work through the lesson interactively in their own classroom. So that's Jesus Live. It has gone down so well. And yeah, it made us very popular in the schools. So that is one of many projects across the world is one we take into our primary schools. Delena has taken it throughout the Headingham and Housted areas uh, and also over for us in the Braintree areas. So the across the world is a way for kids to explore how Jesus is worshipped around the world. Bearing in mind, you know, we're taking this not just to church schools, we're taking this to mainstream schools as well. It's a wonderful privilege to do that and particularly wonderful that the schools allow us to do it as well. Am I talking too fast or are we okay? Okay, good, good. Wonderful. I wasn't getting any glares, so that's, that's positive. So within the world of CYO, as I said a moment ago, there are so many more things I could talk about and I would love to talk more with you. So please do grab me. One of my favorite projects is Anamkara, which is Celtic for soul friend. We take out a classroom for the week and within that classroom, we have loads of stations, kind of tables laid out, each one with activities for kids to get involved in. One of them, for example, is the letting go station. And we have a tree in the corner, not a massive thing. And the kids have small leaf-shaped pieces of paper to write down things that they're letting go of, things that they can't control, things they can't change, and maybe things they can't fix but they're letting go of the burden that it has on them and they hang it on the tree. Now, that might seem a bit twee, but if you multiply that by various stations around the classroom, by the end of the week, different kids every hour, 30-odd kids every hour for the whole week, it is an incredible uh, moving experience for these kids. And we're getting quite, we had quite a few back in July, the last time we did it, of kids who are able to deal with various issues by finding ways to process it, it's amazing how we as adults are able to process things. And at times we still find things difficult. Now into the mind of an 11, 12, 13 year old who maybe don't have the love and care we hopefully had when we were younger. It's impossible then for a young person to be able to deal with that. So to be able to give them the tools and the space to be able to deal with that is incredible. So the school we were at is Notley High School, and that's the school that my kids go to, that my wife Vicky went to many years ago, and it's just around the corner from us. So it's, it's our local. And we ran Anemkara. The head teacher is lovely, just put that one out there. She's very lovely, but also not particularly expressive. And often she looks over you over her glasses, and um, I feel like I'm gonna get detention and I haven't done anything. And she hadn't come to see Anamkara for the whole week. I was a bit disappointed because you could say, well, it means she trusted you and she was happy. But I also took it to think, well, it'd be nice if she'd come to see it. Anyway, the last lesson of the week, one of the teachers who organised it came to me and said, Matt, this has been a great week. How have you felt from it? And I said, well, it'd be nice if, if Miss Head Teacher had come to see it. She said, I'll go and get her. So she went and got this teacher. And she came in with her arms folded into the room, probably because she'd been dragged away from the thousand emails she had to answer. Um, I wouldn't want to be a head teacher for all the tea in China. So she comes in, kind of looking, and she looks at the letting go station, because that was the first one she saw. Sort of looked it up and down, not really a shrug of shoulders, but then she went on to the next one. And one of the other uh, areas was the prayer wall. And the kids just wrote down prayer wall, uh, prayers for things they wanted dealing with. And some of these things were heartbreaking on this wall. And this teacher looked at them and she just changed. 
she just changed. It was incredible. The arms were unfolded. She had a proper look at these prayers. And then she went to another station, which was just emotionally heart-wrenching. And there are a couple of comments put down which were safeguarding concerns. And we were able to work out um, who the class was and then ultimately able to triangulate the young person who wrote this thing. And by the end of it, this head teacher made a beeline for me with the proper head teacher march coming up to me. And I thought, oh my goodness me, I'm going to get in trouble here for stirring up emotions and ruining these kids for the day. Instead, she came up to me and she said, Matt. And I thought, goodness me, she knows my name. Matt, I want this next year. I want it to every young person in every year group in the school. And then she turned around and walked off. And that was it. <laughs> Good to see you. So, so that was, for me, a real win, a real victory. And it just shows that in this day and age, folks, you may read, as I do, that we are in broken Britain and we are in a godless society. That's not true. God is here. God is in our schools. And we just need to find ways for him to enable doors to open. And boy, what a door opened just in the space of a couple of minutes there. So I just had to share that one with you. You were a charity. We have no money. I'll put that one out there. We know you guys support us financially as a church. Thank you so much. The cost of living, et cetera, et cetera. I get all that. As a charity, we're one of the first ones to get hit. And we haven't shared with the staff completely. So between us, we're running a 13,000 deficit this year. So by April, um, we're going to have to make some tough decisions as a charity. So it's obvious we need money. And we'll leave you to prayerfully consider how you may want to support us. But more crucially, we would love to have your prayer. Because while we work in the schools, we can't ask the schools for, our, for their prayer. We can definitely ask you for it. So please do add CYO to your quiet times if you haven't already. Please do remember us in your prayers. Subscribe to our newsletter. Save us the cost of a stamp and, um, and have it sent by email if you can. Oh, you got them at the back of the church as well. Super duper. Thank you. Um, so do, do be a part of that. Be part of the future of CYO by praying and actively getting involved in our growth that way. You can also volunteer in various ways. You can come and speak to me about that later on. And yeah, the finance, it goes without saying. We've got a cash pot here, if you are still someone who carries cash. Um, we've also got these flyers, which are on the odd seat here and there. You're welcome to pledge to give something if you haven't got money today. Um, I don't carry cash ever, so that might be... Um, uh, what it is, envelopes as well. If you are technologically minded, we have a QR code that you can scan here and it will take you to a website and you can give a one-off or regular donation. But more importantly, as I said, your prayer is far more valuable to us. And I think that is about it. There we go. Um, Nick is our church rep and he's obviously done a great job because the newsletters are at the back. So mission accomplished. Nick, well done. But uh, yeah, Nick will keep you abreast of all the things that go on. But if you don't hear anything for a while, just tell him off. Give him a nudge and, uh, and I'm sure he'll update you as to how things go. I think that is about it. I think the hind legs of the donkey have come off unless anybody has any questions at all. Yes. That's a super question, thank you. So Headingham, I'm there tomorrow morning and I'm taking assemblies at Headingham every, um, every day this week. 
I'll then go back and see the same kids in six weeks. So I do it every half term. So one in six assemblies, they'll see me, which means they will have six assemblies from me each in a year. Then they'll also see me in RE lessons, which I did a bunch of um, back in the summer term. And then if time allows and our diaries work, they'll also see us for lunch clubs as well. Then we have the projects on top. And then we're in Headingham every week for mentoring. And if you replace the name Headingham with Ramsey, exactly the same at Ramsey as well. So I'm at Ramsey a week tomorrow, um, a week Tuesday. Bless you. Well, that's the plan. Thank you. Thank you. I need you to do my presentations for me. That's brilliant. <laughs> So they are currently timed and structured, and permission is given from home as well. Um, so uh, we always say, and the schools will say to the parents or the carers, they're a Christian charity, but it's not a Christian conversation. It's, it's about your kids talking. So that, that box is ticked, that base is covered. So take Delena, for example, who's mentoring this week at Headingham and Ramsey, um, because she does it every week. She will have time slots for the kids. They will turn up. They should be told, but it's amazing how many kids turn up and they don't actually know why they're there, which is really frustrating, but we can sort that out when we see them. And then we will address and discuss what's going on. For some of them, I speak to some lads in uh, Braintree and they're elective mutes. They, they just don't talk. So if, if they're going to be talking for 15 minutes, that's going to be quite a painful experience. We've got a number of resources uh, at our disposal as well. We've had a lot of training over the years, so we uh, are trained, I say, when I say we're trained in, it sounds really arrogant, we by no means have all the answers, but when it comes to um, self-harm training, when it comes to various uh, issues in life, loss, bereavement, um, bullying, we, we, we've been equipped with tools to be able to handle, handle the situations slightly better than if we hadn't had the training. So, um, and to answer the second part of your question, we're thinking of having a drop-in centre in the schools where kids can just wander in as a safe space. Yeah. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, there's so much more we could do. I think it's Matthew 9.37 says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And that's, that's exactly CYO in a nutshell. There is so much more we can do. 
for example, I should be stopping, Carol, sorry. I, I wrote a course a few years ago called Man Up, and it's specifically a play on the words for lads who feel they have to conform, feel they have to be some level of masculinity, and um, it was basically giving them a wake-up call about the term man up and how that doesn't have a place these days. So we take them on a six-week journey and we cover anything from stress to anger to anxiety to, um, to bullying to a whole other things. Um, we, we have a whole load of other courses in our heads that we can deliver. It's just finding the time to finish writing them and then finding the time to deliver them. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So the first answer, if ever, folks, you, you face these situations yourself, is to not look surprised. That's the, that's the golden rule. Um, the, the, from that point on, that's where, I'll say, training kicks in. Ultimately, it's not our job to be the social worker. It's not the school's job, but by default, it has been over the last few decades. So we would, in the side, be thinking, oh, my goodness. So we would need to go and tell the school. Um, but we never promise confidentiality to young people. We always say to them, we'll keep everything between us unless I think uh, you're in harm's way or if I think uh, someone is in your harm's way. <laughs> so if I think you're in harm's way, we are going to have to tell someone. That sounds like a good deal, doesn't it? They say yes, and then we carry on. So if they then share something like that, then we'll say, do you remember in the first session, I said I might have to tell someone if I felt you could be in harm's way. Well, this is one of those moments. So we will then always find a teacher. Um, I've, I've had a number of students roll up their sleeves and show me where they've been hurting themselves. And it's, it's at that moment you don't look shocked, even though you are, and, and that's when we deal with it. That's when we go and find teachers. Um, unfortunately, we have a number of services available for counselling inside and outside of school, professional counselling services. We also have CAMS, which you may be aware of, which is a mental health service paid for by the government. Unfortunately for CAMS, amazing as they are, I think their waiting list at the moment is five months. Uh, that's, that's a priority waiting list of five months. So if you have a young person who is making noises and saying things, I had one student, I haven't got any kids here, um, who mum found him in his room with a dressing gown cord around his neck and stopped him from dying. And he's now one of my students that I see. He's on the five-month waiting list. Brilliant. <laughs> so it's just unbelievable the, the, the need that is existing that we just don't see on our doorsteps. Um, so I hope that answers your question. It's, it's, a, it's a multifaceted approach, really. As, nor did I. I hated school with a passion, and um, yeah, I couldn't wait to get out, and now, I can, now I can, I'm back in it again, but I would have dearly loved that sort of service, that sort of thing, and CYO, you know, we're, we're, we're boasting about CYO, it's, it's worth noting that the schools here are amazing, so while they have us in, they also have other services as well, so it's not all on CYO, and it, for the first time ever, 
schools really are taking seriously the mental well-being of young people. But yeah, when you get a su someone coming to you and they are hurting themselves, and you know you're about to send them back to maths, or it's the end of the school day, um, but we always tell the school, the school always tell the parents and carers. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. Thank you for the question. I could talk for ages about it. There's a waiting list of 50 girls at Notley High School. So, yes. So, if you had more money, would you be able to do it, or do you need more staff? It's a, it's a bit of both. We, we do need more staff, um, but that, that requires money. We can have volunteer mentors, which we have asked for over the years. The problem is, maybe we're a bit strict, but we're a bit picky about what mentors we have. The reason being, it's one-to-one, -one, and with the best will in the world, we know some lovely, lovely people who also will want to pray with the young people and do all the things you want to do, which you can't do. <laughs> we wouldn't be allowed back in the school. Um, and some will be very, very lovely with an adult, but maybe not necessarily have the right um, uh, language uh, to, to speak with a young person. So myself and Olive, we, we largely do the, the vetting of it. And we have had many volunteer mentors over the years, and, and we still do have some. Um, but the bigger issue for us is, yeah, if we had the money, we would get staff. We can train them up properly. They can be there every week at a, at a, at a given time, and we could do an awful lot more. So, so all the fees are paid? Yes. On, on an hourly rate? That's right. And some of them do very few hours. Um, Hillary does um, six hours a week. Uh, so I'm, I'm full-time. Um, Sheena gives 20 hours a week, and then it, it descends rapidly from there. We've got a couple on 12 hours a week. But yeah, Hillary's on six. Um, and she's wonderful, because she juggles everything around school runs and everything else. So she's at the school at the same time every week. But yeah, we would love to have an army of volunteer mentors, because it wouldn't cost us money then, other than training, which is fine. We just... It's quite a job to manage volunteers. That's a really good question, and we mentioned it last week at our trustee meeting. Um, we need to do better at asking for money, because I don't want to come into a church and make it all about raising the money. So that deficit I've mentioned, I haven't mentioned it to it before. Um, so we need to do something like, it costs us this much a week to get into a school, or a student costs us this much to, to, um, to work with. So I haven't got an actual figure like that. All I know is, at the moment, it, we're, we're running about 1,300 quid a month down um, and we are currently relying on grants so we've done a couple of grant applications if they come in we got, had one the other day for 1500 quid to pay for all of those books for next year's year or this year's year sixes which is great the books are paid for it's about 1500 quid but at the same time it's kind of stemming the flow but the flow is not <laughs> quite stopping altogether so I'll, I'll work on that I'll come back to you with an answer with a figure um, but, you know, we do a lot as a charity. Back in the day, we, the charity, we used to raise about 25 grand a year. Now, we're, we're, we're raising around 50,000 a year. But then we're also doing about four times as much as we used to do. So it's good value for money. I'm very mindful that um, I'm taking up a lot of time. And this is my favourite subject, other than talking about Liverpool. So I, I could talk forever. But thank you so much. Thank you for giving me the chance.
Well, it's a bit of a cliche, perhaps, but we can't change the past, but we absolutely can, can change the future. Yeah, thank you. Dan, would you like thank to come you. out and pray for that? Yeah. You're wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> clearly, clearly. We'll be back next week. Okay, <laughs> okay shall we pray? Dear Father God and your Son, Jesus Christ, we're praying and raising towards you, as you've seen, because we know you're here listening, a wonderful organization that Matt and his colleagues run and uh, are continuing in the schools with our young people, both primary and secondary schools. Absolutely vital um, outreach um, in every way, particularly to you and, and to your son's teachings and work in the world, but anyway, even socially, even without that dimension, it is absolutely vital that young people are given a good, a good direction um, and a good understanding of just, just what's in the world, good and bad, so that they can grow up straight and strong and hopefully follow you. So we, we wish them more and more luck more and more outreach, money to come in, volunteers to come in, so that this work, Christian youth outreach in the schools, can become um, known to people more widely and um, achieve great things for you and for our society. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. And thank you, Matt, thank you. It certainly opened our eyes this morning, I think, to those of us who do know about your work. It's also, it refreshes and, and brings that memory alive again. So thank you for coming this morning.